Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Screen Babble, your brand new guide to what to watch. We'll be putting in the long, arduous hours of deciding where's best to invest your viewing time and what's to be avoided. I'm Kelly Crichton, your host, and each week I'll be joined by Alex Morland and Stephen Ross, our resident TV critics, who will keep you right on the road to viewing pleasure. Hi, Alex. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Hi, everyone. Hi, faithful listeners. <laughs> I'm I'm Alex. I'm sort of a TV writer, TV critic, I like to think. My favourite programmes are things like, like The Leftovers, The West Wing, uh, I like Doctor Who a lot, Superstore. Sometimes I'll even admit to, to quite liking Riverdale as well. But <laughs> just, just to immediately establish my credentials. <laughs> Sounds like a nice um, genre spanning uh, fandom uh, there full, by you, Alex. Full mix. <laughs> and what about you, Stephen? Tell us a bit about yourself. Hi, yeah, I'm Stephen. Um, I, I cover sort of the upcoming shows a lot of the time for, for National World. Um, I'm really into sort of classic British comedy, so you know um, anything Alan Partridge, um, Brass Eye, David Brent, that kind of thing. Um, but I quite like um, some some good dramas as well, sort of Game of Thrones up to about season six. House of the Dragon's been been a pretty good watch, and anything sort of with a historical element as well. Nice. We'll be definitely talking about uh, House of the Dragon at some point today, I think. It's great to have you both here to share your in-depth TV knowledge and wisdom. Each week, we're going to look at a number of features, including the deep dive, where we're going to look closely at something new or something that's kind of making headlines. And then back to the future, where we're going to tell listeners about releases from the last few years, which they may have missed the first time around but are well worth checking out. So that's kind of in the hope of like, people don't have to keep scrolling for hours trying to find something. First, let's have a chat about what you've been watching this week. Tell us, Stephen, what have you been watching recently? Well, in terms of uh, TV, I've been watching SAS Rogue Heroes, which is airing weekly on BBC One, but it's also available to watch on iPlayer all in one go. I try not to binge shows too much because I feel like um, if you watch... An episode and then give yourself a couple of days you sort of get more of a benefit absolutely i'm a massive fan of that i think we all went through a few years there where it was binge everything and now it's like delayed gratification works a lot better doesn't it and there's just so much stuff on yeah i think now we've come out of uh, of lockdown there's more things to do it's, it's easier to, to whereas during lockdown everything everything on my yeah. watch yeah. everybody got a life well, yeah not everybody <laughs> Alex. Uh, well, it is your job, Alex, to be fair, watching TV. Yeah, that's what I tell myself. So, well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I haven't watched all of it yet, but I did watch the last two episodes of Back to Back. It was a kind of instantly click the next, click play next. Um, again, it's, it's got a decent historical kick. The, it's about um, the formation of the SAS during the North Africa campaign in, in World War II. And I think it might be a little bit sort of making itself more than what it was, but it, it's it's got a really great cast. You've got um, Jack O'Connell, um, yeah. Alfie Allen from um, Game of Thrones, mm. um, and um, the guy, I think Connor somebody from Sex Education. Uh, and they're, yeah, Connor Swindles. And they're just very cool characters, um, basically badassing around North Africa, blowing up uh, Nazi planes. Um, and it, it, it's not particularly intelligent, but it, it's mm. really good, like mindless fun. Yeah, I've been, I'm really looking forward to watching episode four. 
Um, it's, it's, it's great stuff. Yeah, it's, it's from the guy who made Peaky Blinders, is that right? Yeah, Stephen Knight. So the, the I was reading a little online and some people were saying they found it quite jarring that sort of you're in the desert in the 1940s and then suddenly um, like ACDC's playing. But the... I think the soundtracks. That's total Peaky yeah, Blinders. It's very, very as well, isn't it? Sort of style, and I think it's great. Great soundtrack, and just yeah. very cool and slick. Mm-hmm. I watched the first episode, all right, and I was pleasantly surprised. Actually, not really an area of history I'd be that interested in personally, mm. but I liked that that sort of I like that kind of jarring but also you know of of the modern and the historic and there's a good bit of humor in it as well isn't there it's um, very funny yeah. very funny um you've got um dominic west as well isn't it and he's playing this sort of like quite stuffy shared character who's like personal life is not necessarily what you'd expect he gets up to um, some interesting things in his downtime but he's the, the sort of irony is that he's like the master deceiver for the uh, secret service and he's created this basically what the SAS become and he created this as like a, a myth to confuse the, the Germans and the Italians and then these mm-hmm. uh, sort of rogue soldiers decide to actually go through with the plan and, and do what he was mm-hmm. pretending was being done anyway okay. um, so he's it, got some levels of irony and it, it is, it's got some uh, pretty biting humour in there as well How many parts to it? Six parts um, about an hour long each and you really could watch it like in one or two sittings but I think it probably helps to watch it in six intervals, even though I'm yeah. definitely not going to. Yeah, it's a salad hour, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, cool. What about you, Alex? What have you been watching recently? Uh, well, I've, I've got a fun fact about the Peaky Blinders guy, which oh, which yeah. I share at any opportunity. Please do. So he's obviously he's created this new one, which Stephen's enjoying, uh, and he created Peaky Blinders, obviously. Mm. But he was also one of the co-creators of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bit of a change. <laughs> I know. It's a good, good good range he's got there. He's obviously got a brilliant mind then. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, but otherwise, recently I've been watching this. Uh, it's a sitcom called Reboot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on it's on Disney Plus today or yesterday for our, okay. our listeners. Mm-hmm. And it is about the kind of the cast and crew of this sort of kind of, kind of slightly hacky sitcom that was popular in the 2000s. Okay, uh, and it's being rebooted, uh, sort of now, mm-hmm. and all of the cast and crew have sort of brought back together to reprise their old roles uh, in in sort of the new updated version of the sitcom. Obviously, they've still got their kind of their unresolved issues from last time. Some of them yeah. don't like the, the the way it's being written now because of the, you know they don't they don't like the sort of twenty twenty two style jokes. Right, a bit more walk, etc. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, but uh, it, it's kind of joking about like you know those shows that are you know sort of, they're very funny and you recognise they're very funny, but you don't laugh a lot. It's it's that kind of yeah that kind of joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's got people like Keegan Michael Key, um, Judy Greer, Rachel Bloom is in it, and I I really liked Crazy Ex Girlfriend, mm-hmm. so that was kind of why I started watching this. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, I've I've been enjoying that a lot. I like the premise because it's a big thing, isn't it? You can't turn a corner without seeing something related to friends at the moment. You know, this kind of like watching back these old sitcoms and like they're just massive. So I kind of like the idea that they're someone picking it apart a bit, you know. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is exactly that. I, I didn't mention this at the start because I didn't want to sort of degrade my own credentials. But I am currently on season six of Friends. So I've gone back oh. to 
to rewatch for the first it time. cover to cover. Yeah. No, no, no. This for the like the fifth. Um, and I mean, it's it's not even that good, like in hindsight. But but <laughs> I I'm committed now. I'm six seasons in, so it's it's, it's just comfortable in it. You know what? Uh, I watched it the first time around. Uh, believe it or not, I am that old, <laughs> and I remember like enjoying it, you know. But like, I don't remember like, and, and it was really popular. But the it, the obsession levels at the moment seem insane. My yeah. niece, who's eleven, is on her fifth or sixth watch of the whole <laughs> thing, and I'm like, really? So yeah, I don't know. But it's it's, it's obviously a zeitgeist thing, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I have been watching all sorts of stuff. You will you will soon learn that my um, viewing habits are a bit all over the place. But I did manage to catch the first episode of the new series of Gangs of London, which I don't know if either of you have watched it, but I've, I find is a very kind of singular program. I've never really watched anything like it before. It's like take gangland drama with like all the necessary unnecessary violence you know and then add an almost like like a fantasy kind of slight fantasy thing to it where every now and again someone turns up who's unnaturally stocky or there's like someone punches someone and they fly across the room it's just these little hints of something otherworldly it's weird um but it is hyper violent it's but it's kind of intriguing too so um, rolling on from the first series there's only two or three of this there's there's quite a few of the same characters from the first series but the kind of main family has been kind of decimated from the first series and we're left with sort of infighting between all the other different mafia groups in London so first episode was very much the Albanians and the Georgian mafia squaring off against each other over some guns that had been brought in that shouldn't have been and it keeps you on the edge of your seat. Like the action is kind of constant. So um, I enjoy it. It's a bit confusing, <laughs> but I enjoy it. And as we mentioned earlier, House of the Dragon, I finished it this week, probably a few weeks behind everybody else. But I actually really enjoyed it. And I thought it was a good f- season finale. What did you think? I thought the season finale was was, was great. Yeah, I thought um, it was one of those where you immediately... Uh, sort of searching online when is season two coming yeah, out? Yeah, totally. I, I need to know what happens next. I, I know I, I can read the book, and I've got the book, and I keep looking at the book, and it's about nine hundred pages, and I keep thinking I will read the book, but I really want to see it happen on screen as well, and I just can't wait to see how all of that resolves itself or yeah. doesn't. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot going on, isn't there? What do you think, Alex? Yeah, um, I I kind of went back and forth on it a bit. Did you? Um, just like across the series as a whole, I was never, never quite sure about the time jumps. I hated the um, time jumps initially. Yeah, I was like, "What is this? No!" But then you kind of settle into it, I suppose. Yeah, the the way I ended up watching it was because I, I sort of watched the first six early yeah. uh, across the course of like three or four days to review it, and then it was sort of six, seven weeks later until I watched the rest. Mm. I think weirdly that helped it. Yeah, because it was like I put my own time jump. Yeah, yeah. Into, like, <laughs> yeah. Like established that distance. You were a full three weeks older by the time you watched. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, whole whole regimes had changed. That's true. Um, so yeah, it was. 
but yeah, towards the end, I, I got quite on board with it more more than I ever was with Game of Thrones. Really, which I never quite liked. Yeah. Oh, I love Game of Thrones, but I, the thing I think I love the most about this series, and it's probably the same thing I love the most about Game of Thrones, was the dragons. Like just when the dragons mm. turn up, it just makes an episode. And if there isn't like a dragon feature in an episode, it's a bit like meh, <laughs> which I know is a little bit like childish. But like that that last dragon battle we saw in the finale without trying to give too much away in case people haven't seen it was like terrifying <laughs> so yeah there's a lot to play for isn't there in the next series tell us do we do you know Stephen when we can expect the next series not soon okay. um, I think it's going to be 2024 isn't it? Is it yeah I think early 2024 is their like current estimate I mean you you obviously want them to do it right um, you don't want them to rush it but you also do want them to get it out yeah. as soon as possible I think when when you look at Game of Thrones and how rushed that was I sort of don't mind if this takes a little bit longer as long as they don't screw the pooch like they did with the last like two seasons of Game of Thrones because yep. that, that was devastating do we have they confirmed how many series there's going to be yet I think they're talking about four, aren't they? Okay. Yeah, they, they think it'll be four, but I, I suppose it could sort of depend on how season two and three go. Yeah, I think the other thing they were saying was um, what once they get to four series, they might shift it to even more of like an anthology kind of thing. Okay. So like they'll jump to other times in that family's history, mm. like something like they're 200 years earlier or 300 years later. I just, yeah, once, they, once there's a certain continuance, because what... What annoys me is that kind of you invest, you start investing in characters and then they, when they shift, it, it kind of intrudes upon your sort of what you've bought into, even if the character is still in it, but they're 10 or 15 years older. Yeah. It's like, oh, I don't know if I can still trust this character that I'm like, I, I kind yeah. of support or whatever. Um, yeah, it was like, I think it was like that with Princess Rhaenyra, I thought, you know, I was like, is she still a, the person we're supporting or not? <laughs> yeah, and and with Damon, he was such a nasty guy at the start and he's possibly my favourite character yeah. now at the end. So it's, yeah, it is funny how quickly they, they can change who you're rooting for, yeah. Totally. And the other thing that surprised me of this series was just how excellent Matt Smith was. Like, I, might, I like Matt Smith, mm. but he is an excellent bad guy isn't he yeah one one thing i noticed just just on matt smith is I, when i was watching sas rogue heroes connor swindle's voice is exactly like matt smith's voice and it's really weird um because in sex education he doesn't sound like him and in rogue heroes it sounds like matt smith and it was really strange a little bit um they're all going a bit plummy aren't they and uh, yeah. sas rogue heroes maybe that's the connection cool okay well that's what we've been watching and now we need to tell you about some other things that maybe you should watch Moving on to part two of this week's podcast, Alex, we're going over to you to tell us about a new Netflix series uh, for our deep dive. It's Blockbuster. Yeah, so Blockbuster, it is kind of a workplace sitcom, sort of a little bit like a little bit like Superstore, that kind of vibe. Um, it was created by writers who previously worked on Superstore and Brooklyn mm-hmm. Nine-Nine, things like that. Mm-hmm. And it is set in the last kind of Blockbuster video rental store in in america inspired by the real life last blockbuster so what time are we talking about what era so this this year like there oh, is now. still oh okay yeah, like, so there is still currently there's one blockbuster left oh, on okay. the planet okay 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 cool, cool cool 
It's in Oregon, uh, if anyone's in the area, any of our listeners. <laughs> Wants to rent um, a DVD. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to DVD. And it is, obviously, there's a there's a certain kind of irony, a certain, you know, it, it's sort of funny that it's on Netflix now. Yeah, of course. Um, because a big, a big part of those early few episodes are, so the store is on the verge of kind of collapsing, bankruptcy. Okay. Yeah. The the whole corporate infrastructure is gone. They're just the last shop on their own. Mm-hmm. Can they survive? Can they thrive even? What do they offer that sort of Netflix doesn't, basically? Okay. And they do name check Netflix from time to time. Okay. You can tell sometimes where they where they pull their punches a bit. Okay. So they'll they'll sort of go off on a rant about about billionaires and about algorithms and, and kind of big companies squeezing out the little guy. Mm. And then they end it with, yeah, just like Amazon Prime. Like, <laughs> Disney oh, Plus. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's not quite, I mean, it's not wrong, but it's not, it's not quite right either. The first few episodes are much more in that vein. Okay. Uh, it's much more about, you know, sort of the, the small company, what can it offer to the community? Um, I don't think it's a show that sort of puts it best, best foot forward um, in that sense. I... And I suspect this won't be true of everyone, but I, I found that the the sort of self-aware nods to Netflix quite irritating. Okay. I hate um, yeah, like, you know, commit to it or don't. Mm. You're, you're, you clearly don't want to. You're not going to. So mm. just, you know, kind of move on, I suppose. Um, Might have been just funnier if they just slagged off everyone else rather than themselves. <laughs> yeah, almost yeah. had leaned into it that yeah, way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, as it goes along... I've seen I've seen the first five now five mm. out of ten. Uh, it gets mu- it much more closely resembles something like Superstore, where okay. it is just about their you know their sort of antics in the break room, day to day, yeah, yeah, ignoring the customers, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think it settles into a better kind of rhythm that way, and there, there's kind of a basic level of not not to damn it with faint praise, but like there's a basic level of competence throughout, yeah. You've got people like Randall Park, who he's been in all sorts of things. You know, The Office, Veep, WandaVision, probably best known for Fresh Off the Boat. Mm-hmm. He's in Young Rock as well. But if that that will be a whole tangent, I, baffling program, another time. <laughs> um, so so he he's kind of the lead, and he's like this. Um, he's still the manager, but he's kind of playing a sort of like an overgrown kid character. Like he's still. You know, he can't, he, he hasn't got over his parents' divorce when he was eight. He okay. still wants to be in high school, that kind of thing. Mm. And that doesn't quite work. They soften it as it goes along. They, they round the character out a bit more, which is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you've got Melissa Fumero from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. She's mm-hmm. in it as well. Again, she's good. There's a sort of put-togetheredness about it, which which is good. So it would be a, it'd be a caveated recommendation, I suppose. Okay. Is it is it just like is it a poor man's superstar then, or do you think it I, sort of surpasses? Yeah, I think that is so certainly at this initial point. That is pretty much how I'd put it because um, mm. a lot of the characters that they're, they're almost like direct analogues. Mm-hmm. Like you can sort of say, oh, that's that's the Sandra character, that's the yeah. Cheyenne character. Much like on Superstore, the Cheyenne character is the best character. <laughs> um, what's what I'm interested to see is. Um, because obviously it does quite closely resemble Superstore things like Superstore workplace sitcoms, 
it's the sort of show that Netflix has hugely benefited from in the past. Like, like we were saying a minute ago, Friends, things like that. They're mm. always the most popular shows on the program mm. or on the service. But they've never really made their own sitcom of yeah, that, true. that style of that ilk. Yeah. Um, so I'm, and, and technically, technically, they didn't make this. It was developed at NBC mm. originally. Mm. And then it's kind of moved to Netflix through that process, which which might explain why it is a little bit um a little bit different stylistically. It feels like it more closely resembles one of those NBC sitcoms rather than a Netflix comedy, which for all that I've complained about it, I, I do think is to its credit because mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm often not wild about sort of the Netflix originals, Netflix comedies. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I'll be interested to see how it does. But that style of sort of sitcom, like Friends, as we keep referencing, you know, live studio audience, supposedly 25 minutes or whatever. Is anyone making them anymore? Like we haven't had a really successful one in the last few years, do you think? Or This is... Well, I've got a whole thesis about this. But okay, no. right, um, right. <laughs> well, you've got about 30 seconds, so go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I, they are still making them. They do still exist. You get things like, um, you know, American Auto, Abbott Elementary. That's a great one. Would really recommend Abbott Elementary. They still exist, but I think because you've got the rise of things like Netflix, Disney+, Plus, etc., they are way more, more fractured, more mm. spread out. You don't have one that will sort of sit on... BBC Two, Channel Four, E4, um, which I guess is part of why Friends is still so popular because it was the last one that everyone watched. So Mm. it's one of those very few kind of shared cultural references. Yeah, yeah. um, Which this probably won't be, to be honest. Yeah, but actually, the reason the idea works is because it's a shared cultural reference. Because everyone remembers going to the DVD store, or well. Some of us do. Yeah, I was um, say, do you guys do you guys remember Blockbuster? I I remember walking past that there was one sort of you you can't see it, but it was kind of that way a bit. <laughs> um, and I, I'd sort of walk past it sometimes, but I never never particularly went in much. Hold your hats. I remember when these places did VHSs, right? So don't even start, mm. right? <laughs> in Ireland, it was called Extra Vision. So for anybody that right. spent time in Ireland, they might remember that. But I don't think there's any of them left, <laughs> unfortunately. Okay, so that's a sort of, a, yeah, worth checking out, but not going to blow your mind for Blockbuster this week. Great. Thank you, Alex. Moving along, once more, we have another potential recommendation for you. We're going back to the future where we tell you all about a series which may have bypassed you the first time round. And uh, as I said earlier, we want to stop you scrolling and scrolling for hours and hours trying to find something when you've watched everything new and you're like, oh, I'll watch something old. So, Alex, this week we're talking about Humans, which I did watch first time round. I definitely watched the first series, but like many things, I've forgotten a lot about it. So tell us. I started watching this the other day, first time, just sort of on a whim. Wasn't sure what to watch. It was there, mm. but why not? And I've seen the first seven episodes. So I've got the finale of the first series to go later on today. Mm-hmm. No one writing with spoilers, please. Um, <laughs> it's, it's set in sort of modern day, modern day UK. Life is pretty much the same as how we know it, apart from the fact that there are sort of androids i guess they call them synths in the program that you know androids robots and they're used as like kind of home helpers mm-hmm. uh security guards on trains 
scan your Oyster card on their palm, that kind of thing. Companions, like companions? Yeah, sometimes. So you've got um, there's sort of an older character in it and his GP assigns him a, a synth and android, played by Rebecca Front in, mm. in what seems like a weirdly kind of minor role for her. I'm not sure if that character's about to turn out to be extremely mm. important. Or, it's, or... it's quite a few years ago, though, humans. Yeah, I... I've I've been avoiding looking it up, uh, so I'm I don't have loads of facts about it. But in I'd my say head, seven I want or to eight say, years ago, maybe. Yeah, I want to say 2013, mm. but I'm yeah. not quite sure where I got that from. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so this this family, um, Catherine Parkinson, I think she's great, great dramatic actor as well as as being very funny. Mm. But um, so this family buy a, a synth to kind of help them around the house, uh, and they gradually realise that everything is not as it seems with this particular robot and that maybe there's you you know she's not like the others maybe she's a little bit more human than they realize she's kind of conscious mm. in a way mm-hmm. um so i've i've been enjoying it a lot it's got it's got a lot of good actors in it Catherine parkinson colin morgan uh from merlin mm-hmm. and Gemma chan who plays kind of the main yep. the main sort of robot the main synth mm-hmm. uh she's fantastic in it and yeah. just like um, I, I don't want to say she's holding the whole thing together because because it, it is sort of good on other levels yeah it's a very kind of actor-led program that is the primary sort of draw sort of appeal yeah, yeah. sort of reminds me of orphan black in a way in that sense yeah. mm-hmm. like you know you're primarily there for for that performance it's not about you know the the conspiracies or whatever going on the main mm-hmm. guy from gangs mm-hmm. of london is in it uh oh. Shorty Okay. Um, much much younger there. Took me a minute to yeah. recognise him. But. Yes, I remember now. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't last very long in the second series. <gasps> but never mind. Of <laughs> Gangs of London. Of Gangs of London. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, not humans. I don't think I saw the second series of humans, but there is a second series. Yeah. That, right? yeah. I have this this vague sense that it was maybe cancelled before a third series. Mm. So I, I worry that you know next week I'm going to turn up and I'm going to be like, oh my god, guys, <laughs> I'm so annoyed. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, do let us know if that's. Yeah. The case and we can let the listeners know as well so okay so yeah you enjoyed it anyway or yeah. are, you are enjoying it yeah. yeah okay cool 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 okay well thanks for joining us this week everybody do look out for Friday morning's mini screen babble which will preview what to watch over the weekend and beyond Stephen will be giving us all his recommendations in a fab five minute podcast that will set you up with all your viewing needs if you have any suggestions for what TV we need to get in our lives do drop us a line via our social media you'll find us on Twitter at National World TV and on all other social media platforms as National World we'd love for you to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast so we can reach as many TV lovers as possible we'll be back next week with more Screen Babble Bye. Cheers. Bye.